Welcome to episode number 46 of the Jackson Hole Connection, brought to you by the Jackson Hole Marketplace, the small, friendly neighborhood market with a huge personality. Please visit the jacksonholeconnection.com slash jhm to learn more. Welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. I am Stephan Abrams, your host. I believe if you truly desire a fulfilling life, both personally and professionally, then you must be willing to find a connection with people outside of your everyday circle of influence, which is why I created the Jackson Hole Connection Podcast. This show is special because I have two close friends as the guests today. Jen Daniels and Rick Fox are the co-founders and co-CEOs of Maristem Farms, a Vermont-based producer of high cannabinoid hemp varieties and products. These two have an exciting, fun history together, which has taken them around the world. During a period of life, I met Rick and Jen when they moved to Jackson Hole so Rick could take a post with the Bridger Teton Forest. During this time, I experienced many wonderful life moments with Rick and Jen, two of which were the birth of their children. Spending most of their life in public service, these two realized they could make a bigger impact on life and people by taking the big leap and starting their own business, all while leaving their stable incomes and the responsibility of raising three children. Today we will learn about the brave decision Rick and Jen made to start their own business as a couple, how they find balance for the business, what the CBD industry is like, and some of the great ideas Jen and Rick have about their future and how they will make their world a better place. Please enjoy today's episode with these fantastic, colorful, invigorating, and so fun couple, Jen and Rick Daniels. Jen and Rick, thank you so much for accepting my invitation to be here on the Jackson Hole Connection. I was so excited when you accepted and also knowing that you're here in town and we get to sit face to face and have a little conversation. Thank you. Exciting to be here. So tell us how you have a connection to Jackson Hole. Sure. Uh, So we moved here in... 2003. I was working for the U.S. Forest Service at the time, and uh, I was uh, offered a position uh, as the forest plan revision team leader on the Bridger Teton. And so we moved out here and uh, spent the next six years here, and a a lot happened during that time. And I had just graduated with a master's in landscape architecture, and I was headed to a coast, and you presented Jackson Hole. I was like, where the heck's that? What's that? No way. Um, but it obviously turned out to be one of the most magnificent choices we made to date, other than having kids. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love the fact that the Forest Service brought you guys here. But I, I love also the story of how closely you two grew up together, but also... You didn't really know each other, but then you met when you were living abroad. Right, right, right. Yeah, we have a funny story. We did, like you say, go to Hebrew school together, and we grew up two blocks away from each other. Knew about each other, went to each other's bar and bat mitzvahs, but it wasn't until age 22 when we were reintroduced by our parents, very traditional, that we realized we had both been in Russia, but separately, which was quite odd. Um, It wasn't a Russian community that we grew up in, per se, but we have our heritage there. 
And then we subsequently spent the next six years in Russia together, working in nonprofits. Uh, I worked with indigenous communities. Rick was in environmental work. Um, yeah, been had a lot of adventures. And what were you doing in, in Russia? So I was working with um, Native communities, non-Russians, non-Russian speakers, of which there are about 56 all over the uh, Russian Far East, Siberia, uh, European side of close to Europe, Moscow area. Um, leadership training, really very grassroots, met a lot of reindeer herders. Um, ate some wild goat, met some shamans, um, saw a side of Russia that many, many people don't see, but really in preservation of those community advocates that were mm -hmm. trying to preserve their cultures. So I work in that realm. Fantastic. And Rick? Yeah, it was the 90s and things were pretty wide open in Russia. I was doing environmental work uh, with an, uh, an NGO, a non-governmental organization that had funding from USAID and later European organization. So, uh, yeah, we spend most of those six years in Siberia and the Russian Far East. And uh, if you ever go there, go in the winter because that's why you want to go to Siberia. <laughs> you want to go to Siberia in the winter? Well, if you go in the summer, it's kind of like anywhere else. But if you go there in the winter, then, you, then you've been to Siberia. So uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And, um, you know, it was an amazing period in that country's history. And the work was very exciting. Yeah. Jen and I both speak Russian fluently, and most of our friends were Russian when we were living there. So it was uh, it was an incredible experience. Cool. And so now you guys have been together for how long? 1995. Yeah. Right? All right. Well, so let somebody else do yes. that. That'll be 24 years. <laughs> 20 24 years. Good so. math. Yeah. Good math. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there yeah. You go. He's a reliable calculator sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I always round up. <laughs> <laughs> in marriage, that might be a great thing to do. Yeah. With kids, not so much. Yeah, right, right, right. When you're talking yeah. about the number of yeah. kids that yeah. you have. Yeah. You, you got to know your skill sets. Yes. <laughs> More efficient that way. <laughs> and so fast forward, you guys moved away from Jackson Hole. And you're now entrepreneurs. You yeah. have launched your own business. What is the name of your business? Maristem Farms. And give me some background on the name of Maristem Farms and what is Maristem Farms about? So Maristem Farms is about hemp uh, and more famously CBD these days. And we cultivate the plant indoors and outdoors uh, and we develop products. Yeah, uh, we um, well, you know, we moved from here to D.C. and work in D.C. in uh, the federal bureaucracy there. And then last year, we decided to finally pull the plug and move to Vermont. So we both quit our federal jobs, moved to Vermont with our three kids, and started a hemp farm. It's ten acres outdoors, thirteen thousand square feet indoors, uh, the northern part of the state, and uh, it's been quite a ride. So. Um, and I think you asked the name Maristem. Maristem mm -hmm. is actually a botanical term. People think it's named for marijuana, but it's not. And, you know, we're in the hemp business, not the marijuana business. But a Maristem is where the stem cells of uh, the plant are, any plant. Um, like stem cells in other organisms, that's, uh, you know, differentiates cells into leaves, flowers, uh, roots. Um, and we originally thought that would be a good metaphor for our company because uh, we're focused on 
differentiating and fostering growth of the hemp industry and different kinds of products that can be created and how they're different from one another. Turns out we could get into meristematic tissue culture, but you can probably just delete that part because it gets pretty wonky. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, we will skip the um, that technical part. My eyes will glaze yeah, over. Right, exactly. right. And so are your listeners probably. Yeah. <laughs> very, very fast. So why CBD? Why get into this industry? There's a lot of ways I could probably answer that question. You know, I listen a lot. I watch a lot. I think my whole life I've been doing that. And I, for the past probably year and a half, have been listening and watching um, and essentially enabling the business to prove to me that this is going to be a worthy pursuit and spent a lot of time both with the plant, with people in the industry, and taking this CBD and giving it to friends and seeing their reaction and understanding the history um, and the social justice part of it as well. And it really um, hits a lot of points and dots in my, in our life, but I'll just speak for myself, that I want to reconnect, that we're very disparate with the multiple lives I have led. And so I'm talking about sort of the community advocacy and social justice space that I worked in. I'm talking about the design of spaces and the healing arts um, with landscape architecture and actually also being a ballet dancer. So this business keeps giving frankly, and I keep learning. Um, and any space that does that for me, I can, I can, you know, be a life, make it a lifetime of. So that's prob that's my answer of why. What do you think? Well, you know, you know, Jen and I have both spent most of our careers in public service, very focused on sustainability and communities, you know, and the federal bureaucracy has its upsides, I suppose. Impact is not one of them. And I think we both started to realize uh, Jen was with Smithsonian for eight years. I was with USDA for 15 altogether. And we both realized uh, in the last year or two that we wanted to do something more impactful. Um, we kind of stumbled into the hemp industry. Partly goes back to college days in Berkeley and dead tour. And a friend of mine, we were drinking a beer one day and I was complaining about my job at USDA. And he says, why don't you just go start a business? And I said, well, I don't know. There's not a whole lot going on in the forestry, timber industry these days. I'm not really sure what to do. He's like, well, weren't you, uh, weren't you in Berkeley in the 90s and telling me, telling me about all your friends on Dead Tour? And I'm like, yeah. And they were growing weed, right? And I'm like, uh, yeah. Are they still? Mm, yeah. Well, why don't you give them a call? Don't you read the papers? Start a cannabis company. So, you know, initially... That was the idea. Uh, we realized that uh, hemp and CBD in particular is much more accessible to people. You know, again, going back to how we've led our professional lives, focusing on healing people and communities and landscapes. You know, no objection to marijuana, of course, but it's it's a different type of thing. And and so we we really gravitated towards hemp and CBD. Uh, it's helped my elderly parents and many other relatives that we know. And, and we just realized this was an opportunity we could get into to help people. Jen and I were both accustomed, you know, the work we were doing in Russia was pretty groundbreaking. 
Uh, the the work that, that Jen did in the Smithsonian was breaking new ground. Um, you know, I tried to do some new things in the Forest Service. Of course, federal bureaucracies are not very good for innovation. Uh, but this was, an, uh, this was an exciting opportunity to enter a very chaotic space and do something new and with impact. And we jumped in. Fantastic. Now you're business owners. You're married, raising three kids, <laughs> and co-creators of a business. Uh, yes. Great. Uh, right. Right. I think terrifying is the word. Right. Right. People say people say brave, and in, in my mind, I know they're like, "You're crazy. I would never do that." Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely insane. Uh, it can feel lonely, scary. All those business out, owners out there are probably nodding their heads. But then there's this sort of moment where you realize, you know, you are in control. Um, and we have not been in control of our worlds. Doing great work, certainly. Uh, my time with the Smithsonian, I'm very proud of the work there. But this is different. This, is, this reaches into a deep, deep part of who you are and then and spits it back out, right? It like goes to the core of your soul and says, can you do this? And you kind of ask yourself that every day. And honestly, many people, some people can work with their partners, some people can't, um, life partners. Uh, we actually can. It's, it's, we've grown closer as a couple. I'm not saying we don't, you know, have our battles or Rick will say, now pretend like you're talking to someone in your professional realm at work. Like, like but that, but I'm not. So, <laughs> but you know, we, we, we know how to step it up and be professional. And um, also the pain and the joys that we're experiencing, we now get to experience together. And our children are watching that too, which is, you know, the 12 year old to 10 year old um, you know, twins, they're, they're aware and they're watching and that's exciting. And we want to build a legacy that they're proud of and we're proud of. So that's pretty big. It's actually been an education for me about myself and in our marriage. You know, it, it's when you're working with someone who's your life partner, you know, you know, I wake up every morning next to the president of the company. Um, and <laughs> sometimes <You're they're> sleeping <laughs> with <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's funny. Like some of the old stereotypes, you know. I, I mean, I tell people I'm basically, you know, a glorified errand boy with a title, right? You know, I mean, Not I've really. got the title. She's Madam President, uh, and and it's really true. You know, Jen really runs the company. And, uh, you know, she supervises our employees. She oversees the operation of our farm, uh, which is something that she's incredibly skilled at. I've tried my hand in management before in the, in the federal bureaucracy. And, you know, I think I did a pretty good job of it, too. But she's better at it. And, Thank you. That's well, it's, it's <laughs> the truth. Um, you know, and, you know, with my sort of psychic makeup, you know, I'm always chasing rabbits, um, which is a good way to go get money. Uh, so my job is essentially to find money, either through you know investors or through selling things and distributing products, which we might talk more about in a little bit. But so I, I go find money and I give it to her, and she spends it, and on the business and figures out you know keeps track of what we're doing, and it's a really good thing because uh, you know I I spend money the same way I think you know chasing rabbits like oh let's go buy that, and <laughs> we re we soon realized in running the business that. We, we, we have a contract CFO and 
he told us both at one point, he's like, um, maybe you should put Jen in charge of expenses. <laughs> and I said, yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's been really um, very much self-awareness exercise. We're being tested, you know, and every entrepreneur yeah, every is, day. you know, you know yourself and it still is an education. So thank you for the, the story in the background. And I applaud you both for taking a business from zero to where you are today and doing it as a couple, a married couple, raising kids um, and being able to still work with each other day in and day out. And like you said, there's going to be moments, but you get through those right. and it does make your personal yeah. relationship stronger. Yeah. Um, earlier, Jen, you said this business keeps giving and I keep learning. Mm -hmm. And that's something that draws you in. And why, why are you drawn to that perspective of, of business or this industry? At my core is creativity creating something that wasn't there before. As a dancer, that's what I was a part of with choreography and on stage. In the social justice space, it was enabling others to find their powers, right? Their innate skills. In landscape architecture, it's probably more obvious, you know, creating design, whether it was for someone's residence. Um, you know, I was privileged and honored to be a um, part on the team that designed and created the Lawrence S. Rockefeller Preserve here, LSR Preserve with Hirschberger Design, um, a local firm here in, in Jackson. And being a part of the, that collaboration, creating something that wasn't there before, touches a lot of skill sets. It's strategic planning, it's, it's digging deep into your mind and getting inspired. Um, from many different things, from art, music, um, reading. So this space, um, because it's so wild west right now, um, it's differentiating between what is authentically real and what's gonna create wellness for people, um, how to get your team inspired, and which we are so lucky that we found um, we've built, we're lucky, I guess. I mean, it's a little, obviously it's us, it's Rick and me and who we gravitate to, who gravitates to us. Um, and we're all learning together. We're collaborating um, with um, cannabis nurses uh, to really learn more and go deeper with the plant because I really believe there's a lot of power um, and a lot of people are in pain. Um, from my father who has rheumatoid arthritis, to, and as Rick was mentioning with his mother. So, I mean, that's, that's the space just is, there's so much to learn and then to translate into, for others. And I think that's the biggest part. There's a lot of education that has to happen around hemp and CBD. I would say on a daily basis, I'm sort of dispelling myths that I have already learned and in sharing it with others, but it's that translation. So I think in all my professional realms, there's been a level of translation. So that's exciting for me. You know, the, the learning piece is, is, is a big part of it for me too. Um, you know, Jen and I both went through muckety-muck training in the federal bureaucracy, you know, leadership training and management training and things like that. And uh, say what you will about federal management practices, but they're very good uh, uh, in my experience, at enabling people to deal with chaotic situations, complex situations involving lots of stakeholders or employees or partners, whatever the case may be. And I have found, you know, I, I do a lot of the, the external stuff for our company and dealing with prospective partners and agreements. Um, 
And this is this is hemp, which is, you know, part of the larger cannabis community. There's a whole cannabis culture. I speak weed, which helps a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, but, is but, it a different dialect yes. or tongue? <laughs> yeah, yeah exa- exactly. Um, yeah, it's dead tour back in the 90s. But, um, oh, boy. <laughs> um, but my point is that in this chaotic environment, having the wherewithal, I mean, we're, we're, we're not that old, but we're older than most of the people that we work with in the industry. You know, a lot of, you know, millennials and, you know, there's stereotypes and all that. The, the thing is that we're all learning. And I find that when we talk to people about learning as a, as a lifelong process, I'm finding that it really creates a safe space for partnerships. And, and I'm frankly grateful for the training I got as a federal employee to, to understand how to be in those situations. And, and I think it, it creates a little bit of calm and a little bit of stability and, and, and partners and, and employees gravitate to us because we all know this is a Wild West chaotic universe that we're in. And so um, it helps always be learning. I so agree with always be learning. Mm-hmm. And I have not always been a, somebody who has seeked out knowledge mm-hmm. and information. I always thought I knew enough mm-hmm. or it was not in my wheelhouse. And over the past three years, I have put more effort and I know I've grown mm-hmm. as a person mm-hmm. and it's helped my relationship and helped me be a better father as well, better business owner. And yeah. I'll never give that up now. You said, um, you may want to repeat it, I may turn it around, but um, bringing into your sphere of influence mm-hmm. people that are different from you, thoughts that are different from you, because I think you do always need to have that contrast in your life, whether it's just to, if you're feeling lazy, <laughs> it's a kick in the but um, but it, I think it's really important to wake up every morning and try to look at things differently, right? When we get into those low points and those depressions, it's that contrast um, that, for me, gets me out of it. It's communicating with people. It's, you know, you brought something new into my life, so I'm going to now leave behind that, that thing that was slowing me down and depressing me, and I'm going to turn it around and take it with, you're going to come with me, and we're going to do something new together. And, and having those interactions with people um, that are different from me, or the same, but it, it allows me to sort of get through the day, right? Because starting a business is really tough. Getting through the day is tough. Having three kids is challenging. We're all doing that same thing. It's not, we're, we're all kind of, you know, we're, we chose this pathway, but, you know, we're not that different from one another. No, we're not. Yeah. We're, we're all in it together. Right, right, and if right. anybody feels that somebody has this beautiful, glorious life, yeah. guess what? Yeah. They're probably dealing with some of the same stuff. Anyway. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Instagram, man. <laughs> Stay off that yeah. thing. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break yeah. from one of our sponsors, and then we'll be right back. And we'll get into some more stuff about the CBD. And as Rick said, this is the Wild West. So I want to get into that a little bit more. So we'll right be right on. back. Thanks. Uh-oh. Did you forget the milk and eggs again? Not to worry. Jackson Hole Marketplace is the place to stop just south of town. Looking for a new spot to grab breakfast or lunch on the go? Jackson Hole Marketplace is calling your name. Located four miles south of town, Jackson Hole Marketplace has a friendly, knowledgeable team. 
ready to help you find what you need. Stop in today for some soft serve ice cream and say hello. Visit thejacksonholeconnection.com slash JHM for more details. So is there any regulation side to your industry as far as quality control? Or labeling? You know, there should be, there kind of is, there well, needs to be more. Third-party testing, when people claim they that that is something unique, it's not. It's not. Everybody has to have third-party testing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, now we're getting into regulatory questions. Um, and, you know, FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, is in a process right now to set standards for uh, for CBD in um, in food uh, okay. and supplements and cosmetics and, and uh, cosmetics, cosmetics right um, and it, it it it's there's chaos in the market right now because to some extent different states have different standards for labeling uh, of course you know hemp is now legal nationwide um, after the farm bill last year in December. But USDA, which is charged with setting up the national rules for implementing that law, uh, they'll complete their rulemaking later this year and they'll take effect next year. Uh, so right now it's all on the states. And different states have different standards. They enforce those standards to different degrees. And so when you look at a label uh, of a CBD product, um, you know, it's... They're not all the same. They're not all the same. They don't always, in fact, they usually don't tell you the levels of uh, the biochemicals, cannabinoids and terpenes Mm -hmm. that are in the product except for the CBD. Um, You know, there there are quality control issues, um, you know, particularly in some of the more mass-produced products. Um, And this is an industry in its infancy, and... You know, it's there haven't been very many horror stories. In fact, there haven't really any horror stories that I know of. Nothing awful has happened, um, and we're very fortunate. I think that's largely a credit to the spirit that's behind this industry and the product. You know, just about everyone I meet who's in this, they're in it. I mean, you know, many of them are obviously motivated by financial gain, but everyone seems to recognize that this is a this is a product that's supposed to help people. And, and especially, you know, the OG folks who are growing the plant and breeding the plant, you know, they come at this from decades of history of, of being stewards of an amazing plant. And they take very seriously how it should benefit people. And, you know, even with new entrants into uh, the marketplace who maybe have no background at all in, 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 in the industry or the culture, they stick to their guns, man. They won't let people mess around. Uh, there, there, there. There's a code. Well, there are several codes, but you know, there's real accountability in in how these networks operate. And, and for those who are new to it, um, it often comes as a surprise. <laughs> so it's almost like a social influence maintains the quality. Absolutely, there's a social compact um, in in the cannabis industry writ large. And when I say cannabis, you know, marijuana and hemp are both cannabis. The difference is that marijuana is cannabis that has over 0.3% THC. Mm -hmm. That's the one of the 113 cannabinoids that gets you high. And if it has less than 0.3% THC, we call it hemp instead. Um, So, and of course, you know, hemp is used for tens, if not hundreds of thousands of products. You know, the fiber, the 
the seeds as a food as a food source for protein. Um, so really, CBD production from the flower, um, which you know, marijuana is usually produced from the flower as well, but the CBD is is really just scratching the surface uh, of what this plant can do. You know, on our farm in northern Vermont, we focus on CBD. You know, the growing season there and the market being the way it is, that's really, you know, the, the strength up there. Um, and, and the market just nationwide is more for CBD. But, and, and you grow the plant a little differently. There's different varieties. Some grow very tall with long stalks and strong fibers, and those are used in textiles. Um, BMW and Mercedes are making car dashboards from bioplastic made from hemp. I mean, there, there's thousands mm-hmm. of uses. Um, Hempcrete. Yeah, mm. building material. Wonderful concrete, um, but not out of hemp. But this all comes from the same plant. You know, it's, I mean, it's like a honey crisp apple and a red delicious apple, mm-hmm. right? They're both apples. One's a little tart. Yeah. <laughs> so. so you spoke about the health benefits, mm-hmm. and you've seen it personally in mm-hmm. family members. Mm-hmm. Let's get into that a little bit more. Yeah. And... For somebody that has no idea about CBD, Rick just touched on it just a little bit. The mm-hmm. THC mm-hmm. is lower than 0.3% mm-hmm. is by, what you said? By law. By yeah. law. Yeah. So what does that mean if somebody sees a product of CBD, what are they going to feel like? Or is this going to be some special trip that they're going to go on? Or is it just mm-hmm. like they're just you know taking a spoonful of maybe olive oil? Right. Sure. Right. I I think it's really important to know and always remember that we all have our own individual biochemistries. How you Stefan react to taking a let's use a tincture, right? So that's the cannabidiol CBD mixed with MCT oil or an olive oil or a hemp seed oil, and that is a liquid that you tincture you'll put under your tongue and hold it there. It's been described as uh, chamomile for your nerves. Uh, personally, I'm just, I can only speak personally. Um, I take it in the morning to sort of help rebalance when I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed, feel a little bit of anxiety. I take a drop of roll, which is about 25 milligrams, uh, and I just feel calmer but high functioning. I've got a lot to do. I don't, I don't want to be high. I want to be ready to go um, to deal. And it just sort of levels me out and it's very calming. But other people will take it for, um, it's, it's also an anti-inflammatory. Uh, and a lot of people take it for pain and it can be taken topically. Um, and uh, I think it's also really interesting to note that we have an endocannabinoid system that was only discovered, like, like a nervous system, a skeletal system. We all have endocannabinoid systems in our bodies. And that was discovered, I believe, in the 90s mm-hmm. by an Israeli doctor while studying the cannabis plant which I think is so fascinating. So what we've been referring to as CBD, that's cannabidiol, there are at least 113 other phytocannabinoids in that plant that all have some form of wellness properties. And so what's in that bottle when we're looking at a whole plant or full spectrum, and often the bottle will say that, and I would recommend looking for bottles that say that, could you say that again? Look for a bottle that says full spectrum. Full spectrum, okay. Well, y- yes, yeah, and as we produce full spectrum extracts, so we right. are biased. Um, right. 
But you know, the, uh, you know, CBD, cannabidiol being you know, so the two most prevalent cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant writ, writ large are cannabidiol, CBD, and THC. Now, THC you don't find in hemp; it's only in marijuana. Um, CBD is widely regarded as an anti-inflammatory. Uh, there are other cannabinoids. Uh, cannabinol uh, is understood to be a mild sedative. Uh, cannabichromine is regarded, and I have to I have to use these words carefully because we can't make health claims. Okay, FDA is 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 you know very closely monitoring and will send warning letters to companies that are making actual health claims. Kind of like buying some of the health vitamins that you see exactly. in the grocery store. Exactly. Right. Okay. Right. Exactly. Right. You know, so I mean, promote sleepy time tea is a great example, right? Mm-hmm. Celestial seasonings came up with that what, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, they can't really say that chamomile will help you sleep, but they can call their tea sleepy time tea. You know, mm-hmm. Brilliant, right? So, uh, you know, we, we should be so smart with coming up with names for, for our products. But And a lot um, of companies have. Celestial Seasons did not pay me to say that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I have some in my cabinet at home, and I do um, drink it on occasion. You know, so so there are these, these general properties that are being understood as associated with specific um, with specific cannabinoids. However, Jen mentioned the endocannabinoid system is unique in every person. It, it's almost like a fingerprint. And this is a system throughout the body. They're, they're receptors, um, you know, neurotransmitters. You know, a scientist would probably correct me. I'm probably not using the most precise terms. I'm just a forester when it comes down to it. But uh, throughout the body, there are these receptors. Uh, our bodies produce canna- endocannabinoids on their own. And by introducing phytocannabinoids, you know, phyto being uh, a prefix for plant, by introducing phytocannabinoids into the into our systems, it activates those receptors in different ways. So cannabidiol tends to activate receptors associated with inflammation. Cannabichromine tends to activate receptors, is, is, is thought to activate receptors associated with anxiety, cannabinol asleep. Um, and there are, also, there are also derivatives of the THC molecule that don't get you high. Uh, THCV is one that is thought to promote appetite suppression, for example. And the other piece of this that's very important, and again, this comes back to full spectrum, you know, the cannabinoids are one thing. Another thing are terpenes, which are, for lack of a better term, flavor molecules, uh, aromatics. Every plant that you crush, if you smell the leaf when you crush it, what you're smelling are terpenes. Basil has terpenes. Hops have terpenes. In fact, hops are closely related to cannabis. and the interaction, you know, like, like aromatherapy, that's to a certain extent terpenes. So the interaction of the terpenes with the cannabinoids in the plant uh, creates what's, what's described in the industry as the entourage effect. And, you know, there are like 10 to the 41st power different combinations of cannabinoids and terpenes in the plant. And that's why you get into things like personalized medicine and trying different full spectrum products Mm -hmm. and seeing how it makes Mm -hmm. you feel. Yes, if you're taking CBD, it will probably have an anti-inflammatory effect, right? Um, And and there are many, many products out there that use CBD isolate, and many of them are great products, and they will do something for inflammation, might calm your nerves. But the, the, the diversity of options out there is really limitless. And so it's, it's a beautiful thing to see in the marketplace. I mean, there are thousands of brands and it's increasing every day. It's very confusing, even for educated consumers. It's hard mm-hmm. to know how yeah. they're different. You know, the, the metaphors aren't perfect and the analogies aren't perfect, but you know, it's like, you can probably relate to this, Stefan, it's like a huge shelf of craft beers, 
right? Now, beer is recreation. Well, some will say it's medicine, but what, you know. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, it often is. Choice but, by individual. <laughs> yeah, right. But the, the point is that, you know, there are on any given shelf hundreds, and if you think about nationwide, thousands if not tens of thousands of different brands of craft beer, and each one is a little bit different. They use different combinations uh, of ingredients, and all of them, the different breeds of hops and all that, and all that lends a very distinctive taste, and to some to some extent, maybe a slightly different buzz yeah. from the beer. It, you know, it, it, it gets a little bit like that with, uh, with the, the hemp extract market as well. Yeah, I think um, I think it's important for listeners um, walking away from this uh, if they're curious about can of, um, about CBD hemp extract, which is essentially you know synonymous, um, that they need to spend some time because you know I've heard lots of different stories. I took some, I didn't do anything. You know, and also micro dosing, smaller doses, it's is is better than taking a lot. Um, and you really do need to pay attention uh, and do your research. Go on people's websites, see if they're farming organically. Uh, you don't need pesticides in there. Um, not to mention, you know, this plant has a lot of wonderful land benefits. And uh, yeah, if that if that website doesn't show, for example, batch reports, third party testing, you know, choose another one. There's plenty out there. I went, I did my market research when we got here, and I went into a whole grocer and I took a photo and looked at the products, and you know, it was overwhelming for me. I was standing next to someone who knew exactly what they wanted. Um, in a salve and you know I'm listening and hearing people's reactions some people are incredibly skeptical and I totally respect that Um, I don't think there's anything to fear I think trying it's fine but you you really do need to 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 look at to do your research and yes your friend could recommend one but always remember your endocannabinoid system the deficiencies in there um, along with the rest of your body are going to be different than your friends or your family members so if you're very curious you know spend some time take it for a week two weeks and then you know then think about how you feel there's plenty of research you can do, yeah. you know, but at the end of the day, just try a bunch of different ones. Uh, you know, none of them are going to hurt you. Some of them, you know, you may not feel anything, you know, look at the dosing and the concentration, you know, you can get into that a little bit. Some, not every 15 milliliter bottle of tincture has the same concentration of CBD in it, uh, things like that, but try them all. <laughs> <laughs> Rick and Jen, this session has been so educational and I've learned a lot from both of you and have become quite inspired and I love the connection that I always have with you too. If somebody wants to reach out and connect with you, what's the website to your company? It's um, plural.com. And spell Maristem, please. Mm-hmm. M-E-R-I-S-T-E-M Farms. With an S. Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes, too. And do you want to share an email address with Um, folks? Sure. Sure. J-E-N at that same, at our company name. So J-E-N-Jen at maristemfarms.com. And that you will get the president of the company. <laughs> That's president. right. Yeah. Yes. And I'm happy to. I love having one-on-one and if somebody, conversations. If somebody wanted to get the... Um, the person that runs all the errands. What is, what, <laughs> yes. what is your email address, Rick? Yes, that would be Rick at MarisonFarms.com. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so, so we you, do you, have some errands to do after uh, the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. Yes, ma'am, Madam President. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, we'll we'll uh, 
We'll have our own tinctures on the market this fall. Um, you know, we're also involved in distributing some other specialized products by by trusted partners that we have. Seeds, stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to. So, if somebody wanted to grow some hemp in their backyard, they could buy seeds from you. Well, if someone wants to grow hemp in their backyard, I'd be happy to refer them to retailers that sell seeds in small quantities. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So there are a bunch of those out there, and and always, can... always check your local, your state regulations. Okay. We oh yeah. We are Thank we you. are realizing super important. Um, yes, hemp is federally legal, but there's always peculiarities in the state, and you well, know, specifically, Wyoming's uh, getting comfortable. It's, it's <laughs> so the products are federally legal. Uh, however, growing hemp right. at the moment, while it has been legalized nationwide, to grow it this year, you must have a permit from a state that has a hemp program. And for example, the state that we're in right now, I believe, is getting ready to have theirs for next year. I do not believe there's a hemp program in Wyoming. So talk to your friends in Colorado. They so, have all kinds of cannabis down there. So <laughs> Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, so do your research, folks. Yes. If you have questions, reach out to Rick and Jen yep. at Maristem Farms, and they will help you out. Thank you, Rick and Jen. This has been spectacular. Thank you, Stefan. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Stefan. Indeed. To learn more about Jen and Rick, Maristem Farms, and their wild ride, please visit thejacksonholeconnection.com, episode number 46. I do love hearing from my listeners and subscribers. So if you have feedback, suggestions, please send me an email to connect at thejacksonholeconnection.com. Please remember, when you're in Jackson Hole, be sure to visit my friends at Jackson Hole Marketplace. This podcast could not be possible without the help and support of my lovely wife, Laura, my editor, Michael Morey, my musical director, Luke Taylor, and my marketing guru, Tana Hoffman. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I really look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.